size 13 on and kick it for the homies. John. And today we'll be talking about Ace Ventura. Pet Detective. <laughs> One of the funniest movies that you could ever see. It's so funny. It's ridiculously funny, actually. Yeah. And there's a bunch of crazy humor in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, from, uh, uh, you know, doing a button hook pattern and then hitting the re- rewind and doing the instant <laughs> replay, talking out of your own ass, which right. is. I think most every boss we've ever had. Yeah. 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 You know where he came <laughs> up. You know where he came up with the talking out of the ass thing. The uh, talking through his ass cheeks. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. It was on living color and living color and living color. And yo, uh, <laughs> yeah. At one point, uh, we should play the living color music yeah. like in one of these breaks. That's yeah. where he came from. But yes. Okay. Jim Carrey was pitching some sketches to Keenan Ivory Wayne's, and he was just shooting everything down like. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And then... Uh, <laughs> Trying Jim, to get sketches made. Jim Carrey got frustrated, so he did the talking out of his ass thing to Keenan Ivory Wayne's, and they almost fought over it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was his idea to put it in Ace's thing or and, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty... Actually, most of this character is pretty much because of Jim Carrey. Um, yeah, I was wondering, like, because that was one of the things I was like, I wonder on Steve's notes, like... Did they create the character and then Carrie just kind of like added all the flesh on top of the skeleton? Yeah, well, or was it just entirely like his character from the get go? Well, okay, the the story was written. It was originally written not even to be about a pet detective. It was just supposed to be like a spoof on like Sherlock Holmes. Okay, because it is like a it's it's like a like a kidnap mystery. Basically. Yeah, because they wanted Rick Moranis to do it, to be Ace Ventura, an actual detective. Oh, he yeah. turned it down, and then Jim Carrey got attached to it, and the writer in him decided it would be better if he wasn't just a detective, that he was a pet detective. Right. Uh, 
I don't know if that was because of Jim Carrey's love for animals, because he he loves animals. Like the monkey in this movie is his, and one of the dogs is his. Yeah. Uh, so the monkey that's always on Jim Carrey's shoulder is his monkey. Right. Because he even uses that monkey and other the, shows up in other movies. Bruce Almighty, I think that's his that's his monkey too. Uh, yeah, um, I think so. And then well, then he had Mr. Popper's penguins. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't know if that monkey was. In I don't there. know if he has. I don't any think other I've animals. ever seen that movie. Uh, uh, I think I've seen part of that movie. I don't think I've actually watched the entire thing. I think I've seen like maybe thirty minutes of that movie, but yeah. But everything that went on, like the the Ace character was totally different. Jim Carrey gets on there. He picked out his own out outfit. He based <laughs> the character off a bird, and that's why he wears all tropical stuff because it's like a tropical bird. He even walks like a bird. He does his hair like a bird. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why the Ace Ventura haircut is like that because it's yeah. got that really like that Jimmy Neutron swoop mm-hmm. to it, you know, or like Conan O'Brien if he turned his hair the other direction, he's got that's kind of like the 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 Ace Ventura haircut. Yeah, that's... like it's very distinct, but it looks kind of like the the you know the like a parakeet or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah where it has little, like little that thing. swoosh where it goes upwards. Yeah, and that's all Jim Carrey's idea. Jim Carrey actually. Uh, had dinner with Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins, Sir, uh, because <laughs> he found out that Anthony Hopkins um, based his character of Hannibal Lecter off an animal, just like you know Jim Carrey based uh, his version of Ace Ventura off an animal, and they realized that there's not really too much difference between Ace Ventura and Hannibal Lecter, <laughs> you know. One so. of them's way more funny than the other, but they're yeah. still. Ace is like he. I don't know what it is with Ace. It's like his personality. It's like he. Um, it, it, as there's that that part in the movie where um, was the name of Courtney Cox's character? It was uh, Melissa. Melissa. Yeah. yeah, Melissa. Um, you know she's getting ready to put him into that mental that mental institution because he's trying to look for like info on on Finkel. And uh, he was like, how long has he had a history of mental illness? And she's like, ever since I've known him. <laughs> yeah. Or as long as I've known him. Yeah. You and know, because she's supposed to, that's supposed to be like her brother that she's committing, you know. And it's also funny because the script uh, called for like, it was supposed to be like a bumbling idiot because they wanted to do like a spoof on Sherlock Holmes, but like a dumbass. Right. You know, kind of like Mr. Bean or something like that does the spoof of like James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like just a bumbling idiot. Yeah. Uh, but when Jim Carrey got signed on, they're like, no, that's not going to work with Jim Carrey. He's not just going to be a bumbling idiot. He's actually going to be brilliant. Yeah. But ridiculous. Yeah. Because he is brilliant. Like, he, he pretty much fi- solves cases, like, as soon as he shows up. But he likes animals more than people. Right. <laughs> like, especially when they're doing the, when they're, like, when Pedactor gets murdered and yeah. stuff. And, and they're like, well, it's a suicide. And he was like, oh, really? What about that blood over there on the railing? And yeah, then, and she's like, shit. And she's like, uh, and then he was she like, was like, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, you know, maybe it happened on the way down or whatever. And uh, he was like, uh, he was like, gee, he was like, uh, I forgot exactly how he says it, but he was like, uh, he was like, but his neighbor said that she heard a scream and, and then, you know, apparently he went over the balcony and it's like, but how could that work when you have this? And he's like, ah, uh, 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 she's like, what's your point? He was uh, like, that's soundproof glass. A soundproof glass. <laughs> he was like, which means that the scream did not come from the balcony. It came from inside the apartment. <laughs> he was murdered in here or he was, uh, you know, he was attacked in here and then he was thrown over and then, you know, died from the fall. Mm-hmm. 
and he was not it was not a suicide it was a murder and you see like the other like the uh like that that one asshole detective that always does like the animal things to him um uh and he was like uh, he just kind of like looks and he's like well shit ace is actually right yeah fuck <laughs> he's better at this than us and we're yeah, real detectives he's uh, he's actually and also like when he look when he finds that gem he knows that that's a triangle cut amber from a 1984 dolphins you know afc championship ring yeah because he's just you know he is very intelligent he's just like his personality is like ridiculous the most fictional thing about this movie is dan marino actually wins the super bowl in it right <laughs> yeah I, the thing is is like uh, i was uh i was thinking when i was watching this movie i was like this is really more like a fantasy movie because it has the dolphins going to the super bowl <laughs> in the 90s and we all know that shit didn't happen <laughs> yeah but the thing is, in this movie, they do not say that the Dolphins won the Super Bowl in 84 because they did not. They got their ass whooped by, by the, the Niners. 49ers. Uh, so, but they basically point out that they did win the AFC Championship. They won the AFC Championship. Um, but the way that they had them losing that Super Bowl in 84 was by one point uh, by Finkel's missed field goal, which was not reality. No, and all because re- and, reality, the 49ers whooped their ass. Yeah. It was like 38 to 16, I think. It was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it so was 38 to 16. The Dolphins did score some points, but yeah, they got their ass whooped in that. Now, if you so. ever watched the game, it was very, very frustrating for the Dolphins, uh, especially Don Shula. Um, I rem- I still remember the interview because I had the you know DVDs of the Super Bowl and the behind and before and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Don Shula was asked what happened out there, whatever. He's like, what what happened? What do you mean what happened? Joe Montana happened, right? <laughs> It's just one of those things where you realize very quickly that, you know, this is, you know, the, the, they make the dolphins look way better at this period of time than they actually were. Um, which I think, I think in the early nineties, people thought like, well, Marino will probably get to another Super Bowl again before he retires. Nope. (laughs) Well, all, all, you know, if anyone could have done it, it was Dan, but it's just the things never worked out that way. Yeah. He was, Um, he was a great quarterback. The Dolphins' yeah. glory days were all really in the '70s, mainly. That was when they were at their best. But you know, yep, but it's also cool how, all time, yeah. yeah, it's especially yeah the '72 Dolphins. But this movie does have Don Shula in it, so that's cool. That is cool to see old Don Shula get yanked yeah. into a. Uh, and then like uh, was it Dwight cool. Stevenson's in this movie too? I yeah. forgot what I forgot which dude he is. Is he the? There's a few football players. There's quite a few. They actually have some real, you know, actual Miami Dolphins on this. It'd be kind of cool if they had Baumhauer on this. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. But I don't know what uh, I don't know what Baumhauer was doing in '94, '93, '94 when this came out. Uh, Probably starting his restaurant. Maybe when did when did Baumhauer retire from the NFL? Was it the early '90s? Since we're, uh, you know, we're on the topic, so yeah, I'll Google it real quick. Yeah, because this uh, this movie is based very heavily on the Dolphins. So, oh, one thing we'll do too while you're looking that up is uh, the beer that we're drinking this week is uh, not your father's Mountain Ale, and basically what it is is it's a it's a Mountain Dew that's not a soda, so it doesn't have all the guilt that you have of drinking a soda. Right. It tastes exactly like a Mountain Dew with like five percent alcohol. That's fucking amazing. I've, it is great. Yes. Give it a three out of three. This is a three out of three. I could drink a whole six pack of these in like 20 minutes. They're fucking, they taste great. The alcohol content's really good on it. If you, if you like anything citrusy, 
you know, like Mountain Dew or like Mellow Yellow or any of that kind of stuff and you want that to be an alcohol, look up this shit in the store. Yeah, what is, is the company? It's Small Town Brewing. Small Town Brewery is what it and is. And they do like Not Your Father's Root Beer. We already did the root beer on yeah. the show. So yeah, this is really the Mountain good. Ale. The so, one I want to try next is the Apple, Not Not Your Mom's Apple Pie. So we'll, we'll that'll be in the future. Uh, but to answer the question, Bob Baumhauer retired in 1986. Oh, wow. Uh, and he was inducted into the sports uh, hall of, Alabama Sports Hall of Fame in 1995. He opened up the first. Uh, his first restaurant uh, in 1981. Oh, wow. Uh, Back when he was still playing. Shit. So his restaurants are in Birmingham, Huntsville, Daphne, Montgomery, Auburn, and Mobile. So if you guys ever wanted to check out Bob Baumhauer's restaurants, there they are. And just a little stats on them. Five-time pro bowler, two-time first team, three-time second team, uh, Miami Dolphins honor roll, two-time all-SEC. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. 39 and a half sacks, 888 tackles, an interception, and 16 fumble recoveries. Well, that was in his NFL career? NFL career. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, if he had 800 tackles at Alabama, shit. <laughs> he probably had about 300 and something. <laughs> yeah, he probably did. You know, those were the days where players played all four years most of the time. Yeah. Uh yeah, you didn't do three thing. years, and you're like, well, I'm going to go to the draft. It's like, no. You want to guess how much this movie cost? To make? Uh, I'm going to say ooh, $25 million. $12 million. $12 million. <laughs> Well, to be honest, you this movie it doesn't have any special effects. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no special effects in this movie. The only thing they probably have to pay for is, like, you know, maybe shooting in some of the buildings. And then... Because they Jim did shoot Carrey at some of the and, uh, Dolphins facility. Jim Carrey and Sean Young was probably the two. Because uh, Courtney big, Cox, and as as of nineteen ninety four, yeah, because Friends had just started. Yeah. So if Friends had didn't wasn't a big phenomenon hit like it became in the mid to late nineties. Yeah, she was like twenty two in this movie. Damn, like that. Yeah, she was super young. Wow, I didn't realize she was that young. I yeah. thought maybe she was like a little bit older than that. Yeah, she's super hot too. Though. Yes. Oh yes. Um, which you know, it's <laughs> it's kind of funny because like, because uh, Ace gets with her in this movie, and you always wonder. I always thought like, in Ace Ventura two, when Nature Calls. I thought maybe they would reference him, like maybe still being with her, but right. they don't mention her at all. It's almost like they're just two completely different stories, you yeah. know, because in that one he's going, he's actually in Africa. So, you know, he's not in Miami in the second movie, but it's, uh, but that's the thing about, you know, 94 is it's like Jim Carrey, uh, because I looked it up earlier and in, in living color stopped in 94. So right around the time that this movie came out, you know, they were stopping, you know, production on in living color. So it was kind of like good timing for Carrey because, he blew up as soon as this came out. Yeah. I don't remember when the mask came out. Didn't the mask come out like a year after this? And it would then, have been after this. Yeah. yeah. And then he did when nature calls, I think right around the same time. Cause he did when nature calls, I think like what it like the year after the mask. Cause he right. had like a bunch of ones right in a row and then liar, liar uh, came out and, and then when it was dumb and dumber was dumb and dumber just after this or was it just before this when was dumb and dumber because i don't remember if because okay so we'll we'll uh 
we'll go through a little bit of Jim Carrey's uh, filmography just to show you the uh, because because uh, this this month we are we are heavily covering the 90s so yeah so <laughs> every movie this month in the month of March 2019 will be about the 1990s or you know during the 1990s right right so and because Steve got first pick his first pick was Ace Ventura. <laughs> yeah, so Ace Ventura and The Mask came out in the same year. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they both came out in 1994. Actually, Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber all came out in the same year. Shit, they were all 94. <laughs> all 1994. Oh, damn, I thought they were staggered out more. Okay, that I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um... And then When Nature Calls was 95, right? Yeah, it was 95. And okay. in 95, Jim Carrey did Batman Forever and Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. Yes. Then in 96, he did The Cable Guy. Great movie. Cable Guy! One of the first times you get to see Black Jack Black in a movie. Uh, he was young as hell in that movie. And I love Matthew Broderick, so that was a pretty great movie for me. Yeah. Uh, Liar Liar, uh, which was done by the same director that directed this. Um, oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh... Then he did the Truman Show. Truman Show, I think, is, is sometimes I think is underrated because everybody thinks of him as like a comedic actor. Truman Show is a fucking great movie. It is. He he kind of went on like ninety eight ninety nine. He kind of went on this kind of serious thing. He did the Truman Show and then Man on the Moon. Yeah, which is his well, tribute yeah. to Andy Kaufman. Yep. Yeah, that's great. And then uh, me, myself, and Irene. Yeah, that was a good movie. In 2000 was Renell Zaywicker. Uh, <laughs> like Dave Chappelle would say it. In the show. Uh, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Okay, that was really good. Yeah. He did a, he did a good Grinch, yeah. And then uh, In Living Color, of course, went from 90 to 2001. Um, I guess it came back. No, I, the original run did not go that long. The original Living Color went from 90 to 94 because I looked it up. Yeah, I guess, I think they, I guess they, they did like a episode maybe in 2001 as like a reunion I tribute. I think so that was that a reunion. So that counts as a credit. But yeah, it, it only lasted like four seasons. Because, yeah, the original series um, was only four. And then he did The Majestic, which was another good movie of uh, a serious type. Then yeah. He did Bruce Almighty, which was this director also. Oh, right, uh, okay. And Evan Almighty is this director. Um, then he did uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. Uh, series of Unfortunate Events. Fun with Dick and Jane, the number 23. Uh, number 23 gets dark as shit. It does, it's very dark. Horton Here to the Fute Who, uh, Yes Man. Um, then, um, you know, you get to like Popper's Penguins and then... Uh, he does a lot of TV spots, and then he was in Kick-Ass 2 and Anchorman 2 and Dumb yeah. and Dumber 2, The Bad Batch. And upcoming, he will be in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, the live-action movie. Oh, what, what, who's Dr. he? Dr. Ivo, Ivo Robotnik. He's going to be Robotnik. <laughs> Eggman. Eggman. Uh, that's interesting. And the person that plays Sonic is Ben Schwartz. Huh. From Parks and Rec. Ah. Oh. So. That's going to be interesting. But like when you go back through that filmography, his early career, he fucking killed it on every movie he did. Yeah. The two Ace Ventura movies, 
fucking Dumb and Dumber, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. He killed it in Batman Forever. Yeah. I mean, as the Riddler, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you could, if, if, if there's anybody in the modern generation that could have that kind of maniacal sense of Frank Gorshin, it would be him because that's basically right. what he was channeling was Frank Gorshin from the old 60s Batman. And yeah, he did an amazing job with that. Oh, man. Okay. So $12 million budget, it made $107 million. That's pretty crazy. And this director, I know I mentioned uh, Liar, Liar, Bruce Almighty, and Evan Almighty, but he also directed The Nutty Professor, the original one, and then Patch Adams. Oh, wow. So he's worked with a lot of, a lot of comedic <laughs> geniuses because he worked yeah. with Eddie Murphy, Jim Carrey, Robin and Williams. Why, Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> and then Shit. Evan Almighty was Steve Carell. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, Evan, yeah, Evan was Steve Carell. So, a lot of legendary people there, you yeah, know. So that's this, this dude does not play around. <laughs> no, that's pretty intense. I think uh, now, as far as like the uh, the comments go, the comments on this are like, <sighs> I actually even found one comment that I thought was just interesting. Uh, because of how, you know, things from the nineties look now. Uh, so I, I'll probably save that one a little bit, but, uh, what we'll do here. Okay. So I'll go over this part. So a lot of people didn't like the cast in this movie. And I think partly it's because most people probably didn't know who like any of these people were <laughs> besides Jim Carrey. Right. Right. So it says, uh, uh, Jim Carrey's a good actor, but does nothing for me here. Courtney Cox is a dry, boring actress, too. Tone Loke was still able to get work back then, and he was thrown in the cast. Uh, but does nothing. But he does nothing for me. Dan Marino can't act, and sports figures shouldn't try to anyway. Sean Young sucks. Yeah, Rocky sucks. Yeah, Sean Young sucks, and the casting was overall bad. I love tiny roles uh, featuring the great Randall Tex Cobb and Alice Drummond. Uh, the directing was crap as well as all the production values. I did love that Carrie insisted on having his favorite band Cannibal Corpse involved in the movie. They are great. <laughs> okay. I feel like if he could have put a smiley face there, he would have. But It would have been like, hey, you know, it just sounds like that this wasn't your type of movie. Like that comment was just kind of like. This isn't my type of movie, you know, because Courtney Cox isn't a bland actress. She's she's very interesting. I mean, she did the uh, Three Thousand Miles to Graceland. I liked her in that. Yeah. With, uh, you know, um, uh, Kevin Costner and Kurt Russell. Yeah. Uh, they're the like the Elvis impersonator. Slater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, that one was really good. Uh, she's done she's done quite a few things I like, and I know Fran, you know, Friends is like legendary <laughs> you know, the second most successful tv show of all time like what behind seinfeld seinfeld yeah <laughs> in terms of like just like ratings ratings, ratings and money and everything and how much the cast members made yeah because Think friends are the highest paid of all time like as a cast seinfeld is the highest paid of all time because he owned the show yeah because it because because jerry made a shit ton yeah. of money off that and he sold the seinfeld stuff to hulu for what like uh, uh, because they got it like exclusively for like what, like two or three years or something mm -hmm. when they bought it, and they gave them like a billion dollars or something. It was like something that. like that because that was the only streaming platform you could have. Yeah, now it's Seinfeld on Netflix on. too, but like it was only on Hulu for like two or three years. Yeah, 
<laughs> and that just shows you like how strong, you know, especially like 90s TV was because when you think about, you know, some of the ones that were like because two of those Seinfeld and Friends both started in the 90s. Right. And then you had Frasier started in the 90s, which is you know, one of the longest running, it's one of this, the, like, it's one of the longest running characters in TV history, Frazier Crane. Yeah. Um, and yeah, cause that was from cheers. Yeah. Because Frazier came from cheers and then they had Frazier come after that. Yes. You know, and then at, at one point I thought they, t- they were talking about doing something that was like a spinoff show with Daphne, but I think that just, they eventually got to the point where they didn't really want to work on it anymore. They're not going to spin off a show of a woman. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course not. But yet, Captain Marvel apparently is kicking ass in the box office, so... Yeah, you see the trolls that flood Rotten Tomatoes and gave it bad reviews? That happened with Infinity War 2. Yeah. just trying to stop the Marvel train. It's not going to happen, kids. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Because they're they're the juggernaut, bitch. Uh, (laughs) That momentum just keeps going. We've got to go see Captain Marvel here soon. Yes. Uh, I I was hoping that, like, in the next couple of weeks we'd have a chance to go see it. Yeah. When uh, there isn't, you know, events going on... uh, but um, the thing about the about the cast, I think the thing about a cast like this is like so we know that Courtney Cox eventually is going to be, you know, a big part of Friends and Friends is going to like become fucking huge. But in 1994, it wasn't when did the Friends start like 93. I think they were like what on their second season by the time she did this. Yeah. Something like that. It, I it think was, it was big. I think after the first season, it was pretty was big. it fairly big? So she yeah. would, she would have might have been a little bit more notoriety by this yeah, I point. I think she probably got casted because she was good on she Friends. She was good on Friends, and actually, yeah. in the same year, she did this movie, and she was in the the uh, Dumb and Dumber movie also. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's I think. When you look at so when you look at somebody like Tone Loke, okay, like Tone Loke is a musician. Most people, unless unless you're from like the '80s or '90s, you probably don't know even the fuck Tone Loke is. Right. By the way, he did our intro music because we we played the song that you know is the end title song. Well, nobody listens to hip hop anymore, right? <laughs> because what what they're doing now that's not hip hop. You know? No, it, like they should especially just call it something else, like now. that Takashi Six Nine that has like the all of the fucking tattoos on his face and kind of like Post Malone. Yeah, and like the only thing the thing with Post Malone though is that like Post Malone, I actually like I like his stuff now that I've heard it. You know, and I don't know. Some sometimes I like it because I know my brother likes it, and pretty much everybody else I know likes it. But then I, I know a song came on the radio, and I was like. Is this like Eminem, but sick? Because he was doing like a thing. The beat count sounded kind of familiar. The way he was doing it, kind of how he's like, uh, uh, getting something off his chest to kind of like a rap or whatever. And then I was like, it's like no, that's Post Malone. I was like, Jesus, you don't have to do everything Eminem does. <laughs> but the uh, but Tone Loke back in the day, um, he had. We had like what, like two hits back in the day. Tone Loke, I mean he he had a few hits. I mean he wasn't like he didn't like blow up and become huge like MC Hammer huge or like you know '90s Vanilla Ice before he like went crazy and got all the tattoos and like started hanging out with Ross Robinson and shit like that, <laughs> you know. But like Tone Loke, I mean he had a few hits back in the day. And, you know, he was, you know, one of those guys that did, you know, he did rapping and stuff like that. He did hip hop and then he would also do some acting. So, I mean, he, well, he came out with two albums. Yeah. 
It was two albums. Okay, I thought he did just did the one. Loped After Dark and Cool Hand Loke. Yeah, I remember Cool Hand Loke. Okay. And, uh... I mean, there, his first album went, uh... Or singles, like, he had the song Wild Thing that went, uh... Double platinum. Yeah, that was the one that everybody knew. That was like the song that made him like famous. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, I mean, he uh, he had a couple songs. But th- yeah, I think he tried to come out with some singles later in the years, like in ninety two and ninety three and ninety four, uh, but it, it never really did anything. Didn't take off. Because this is around the same time that you have like Sir Mix a Lot too, yeah, and so like and like Sir Mix a Lot. I mean, he had just a couple of songs that got big, like Baby Got Back, of course, which everybody knows. That version of hip hop lasted about as long as disco. Right. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is like, you know, I know a lot of people like, you know, they shit on uh, like Sir Mix a Lot, and they're like, oh, well, we only really had the Baby Got, you know, Baby Got Back song. He never really did anything else. It's like if you actually go into his albums, like, you know, Posse on Broadway and, you know, uh, stuff like uh, Gore-Tex. Like, that's a really good song, especially if you have something with some good bass on it. If you have a speaker with some good bass on it, play Sir Mix-A-Lot Gore-Tex. That's some good shit. Well, I don't <laughs> think anybody is discrediting how, how good he was at making music. It's just nobody remembers anything else that he did. Right. The only reason that I really remember a lot of these songs is because I remember, uh, you know, hearing um, some stuff about ICP, and they asked, I think I asked Violent J about, like, how did you guys come up with uh, Posse on Werner? And he was like, well, because, like, that's basically like a takeoff of Posse on Broadway by Sir Mix-A-Lot. And I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever heard that song before. So, because I knew the ICP, you know, my posse's on Werner, you know, because that's like their version of Broadway Street. So then I went in and listened to the Sir Mix-a-Lot, you know, posse on Broadway song. And I'm like, oh, shit, that is a very good homage to that original Sir Mix-a-Lot right, song. Yeah. But it's kind of buried on one of his like albums. And unless you're like a real, you know, hip hop person that like digs into like the back catalog of everybody, right, right. you're probably just going to totally miss a lot of those songs. But Tone Look was one of those guys that like he was talented and they were like, we want somebody that kind of fits in with this because Emilio in this movie, um, Tone Loke's character, he's kind of like Ace's buddy like at the Miami PD. And he also annoys the shit out of him too because he's like, man, fuck off, dude. Like my boss is coming. And he's still like – you're still talking out of his ass cheeks and he was like – like, fine. I'll tell you. Man. Right. Damn, man. Like he's <laughs> my boss is coming. You're trying to get me fired, man. Um, but it's like I think he's there to just sort of like troll Emilio uh, – because he, you know, that's like his information guy when he needs help on a case. He knows you can go to Emilio, and Emilio probably has info to help him out. But, you know, when you look at some of the other people in this movie, like who's the other big person in this movie besides Jim Carrey and Sean maybe Courtney Young. Cox? It'd be Sean Young because she was in Blade Runner, right? So, every pretty much everybody else from like Udo Kier, or is it Kier or is it Kier? I forgot what how you pronounce Kier, it. Kier, I think. Is it Kier? Because, uh, you know, he was, um, uh, he played Dragonetti in Blade. He was the guy that, that, uh, that was, uh, leading the, you know, he was like the, one of the leaders of the, the vampire houses, remember? And, you know, when Frost is talking to him, he was like, Dragonetti, you might wake up one day and find yourself extinct. You know, that's Udo Kier. And it's like, and he's in this movie as Camp, the, uh, billionaire. 
and it's like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not a super i mean maybe in like europe he would be super well known because he he's a german cool blade yeah he's very cool in blade is you know dragonetti but you know if you're going through you know like the the different actors on this it's like it doesn't look like it's not packed full of stars and i think the reason why it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be because who's the star of the show it's Jim ace Carey. It's, it's Jim Carrey. Like, Jim Carrey carries... <laughs> he carries this whole Carrey movie. carries the movie. <laughs> this is Harry Carrey. <laughs> this is Harry Carrey. <laughs> Hi! This is Harry Carrey. <laughs> with Jim Carrey. <laughs> and Mariah Carey. <laughs> and Mariah Carey. <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be... That'd be funny if they could have actually done that on SNL and have, like, a thing that was, like, Harry Carey, Jim Carrey, and Mariah Carey. And it would be, like, a little show. It would be, like, a sketch like on SNL. Doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I don't know, you could have had, like, Maya Rudolph be, like, uh, you know, probably Mariah or something. They probably could have just got Mariah. <laughs> they might have been able to get Mariah. And it was just called, it would just be, like, a talk show called, like, like Carrying On or whatever. I know they could get Jim Carrey. He loves SNL. Yeah. So, you know, I think that when people say, like, the cast is boring, it's like, I think the cast is done like this on purpose because this is a showcase for Jim Carrey to show what he can do. Well, you, you don't have to spend a lot of money on something that doesn't, I mean, because most, most of the scenes is Jim Carrey or Sean Young. Right. Or Courtney Cox. Yeah. And a lot of, and there's, you know, and then in the back half of the movie, a lot of the stuff that Ace is doing, he's using Melissa to help him. And then what the guy say? Dan Marino can't act. Yeah, of course he can't act. Dan Marino. He's Dan Marino. He's a football player. But it's fun to have him in the movie. Yeah. He doesn't have to win an Oscar. He wasn't trying to win an Oscar. He's just in a comedy. Yeah. And sports people can act. Some sports people can act. Yeah. I mean, The Rock, he played football. Yeah. And he was a wrestler. Yeah. Like, one of the biggest superstars in the world. Mm-hmm. Stone uh, Cold, he's been acting for a while. Stone Cold. Uh, you got... I mean, Roman Reigns is going to be in the new Hobbs and Shaw movie, which I wasn't going to watch, but now I am. Right, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> it, ah! it sees some set scenes where there's like a bunch of people laying on the ground. Like, Roman Reigns is like hovered over him, like flexing. And I was like, okay. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Or, yeah, eventually, if they, you know, because uh, Aquaman did really fucking good in the box office. They could have him show up and be, you know, one of the uh, people from Atlantis. Yeah, if Roman because he's got the tattoos, he's got the Samoan tattoos, and he's got the. Cool to have Roman Reigns as a villain in like Aquaman too. (laughs) That would be badass to see Jason Momoa versus Roman. Oh shit! Hollywood make that shit happen for real. (laughs) Fucking draw that up. If that happens, we want ten percent. Ten percent. This um, would probably be like a hundred million dollars. Yes, we will definitely (laughs) take that. We could upgrade the studio. We could have, you know, get oh potties, bottles of water. Uh, um, <laughs> what the? <laughs> Shout out to anybody who knows that that's from uh, Dashy on YouTube. Props to Dashy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it was a thing he used to do in his uh, in his in his recordings, and it was it was just it was, it was designed to be retarded. It was like him trying to do a British accent. But uh, anyway, <laughs> but. Yeah, like, but then uh, the thing that got me about that comment was when they were talking about, like, well, but Cannibal Corpse was in this movie, so, you know, that made it better. 
And I'm like, it's literally like in one scene when uh, Ace that is, scene is hilarious, going man. to visit his buddy, and he was like, uh, "Is Craig here?" Yeah, and then he was Thanks. like, and then dude's like fucking <laughs> head banging, and Thanks. he's like, and he's like, he's taking that as like it's a yes, and it's like, and he's just kind of like dancing through the crowd, and you're he's like, doing like little slow dance motions, yeah, like, like he's like, like holding his chest, and he's doing like, it's like slam. no, dude, you were like in the middle of the pit, you are gonna get your ass whooped if you're in the middle he of got that pit. Shoved in the hallway. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and then he like told that guy to shove it up yeah. his ass. It's like, man, you're in there with a bunch of metalheads that are there to watch Cannibal Corpse. They are not there to fuck around. <laughs> Cannibal Corpse is fucking brutal, especially if you just look at their album artwork. And then their songs are brutal as shit. Yeah, so, you know what song that was playing during the the uh, the concert? Was it Hammer Smash Face? It is Hammer Smash Face. Yeah, one of their most famous songs. Yes. Um. That's one of many, but yeah, that's probably like the one that most people probably think of immediately. Um, let's see. Let's see. What else should we cover here? Let's, uh, okay. So we'll do, okay. So we'll do this part and we'll do this comment here and then we'll go ahead and take like our first break. Uh, so, (laughs) um, People had like problems with the story of this movie, apparently. And I'm like, this movie is not complicated to understand. It's not difficult. But it's not fucking inception. Right, yeah. No, this isn't like Cobb and Inception, and you're like, wait, is he still in the dream world? Is he alive? Is he with his daughters? Did he meet his wife again? Like, there's nothing like that in here. This is fucking Ace Ventura. Like, it's not difficult. <laughs> So it says the story is also very, very silly. I suppose this movie was made for five-year-old kids. Um, Then it serves its purposes better. Uh, The plot is stupid. Uh, Carrie plays a pet detective who is called in to help investigate the disappearance of the Miami Dolphins mascot, Snowflake, a rare bottled-nosed dolphin. Come to find out that the individual responsible for stealing the dolphin is the police captain, who just so happens to be a man dressed in drag, although played by a woman who used to be a disgraced field goal kicker for the Dolphins from the 80s. What? What a waste of time. What an insult to the intelligence. To the intelligence? Uh, to, what an insult to the intelligence. That's verbatim. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe this is the movie that catapulted Jim Carrey to, to being a superstar. I can't say I would have laughed more when I was younger, but I really doubt it would have been much more. Ace Ventura is simply crude, idiotic, and beyond annoying in every aspect of this movie. So. Oh, wait, that was it? That was it, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, uh, well, I mean, he's, he's a genius, for one, in the movie. And, yeah, he's supposed to have some type of characteristic that, that makes him Ace. So it's basically... Uh, he's kind of like a cartoon come to life. Yeah, and Jim Carrey came up with it. You know, the all righty then stuff. That was some stuff that he did as a character in one of his in his stand ups. Yeah. So that's where he threw that in, and then he talking through some, your ass cheeks. You already went over that. Yeah, and then he took some stuff from a living color. Then he took the bird stuff and put it in there. It's supposed to be crazy. It's not supposed to be like they're not playing themselves very seriously in this. We can say that with a hundred percent accuracy. So oh, yeah. I think this should have been played serious. I don't know. I guess make a movie like this and cast Eric Stoltz in it, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make this shit dark. Um, but, like, the thing is, is that, like, you know, people were saying that, like, okay, so 
you know, uh, Finkel basically, you know, tried to turn himself into like a woman or, or did for the most part, uh, you know, and, and then like got into like the Miami PD to try and hide. And, you know, he assumed the identity of like a, it was like a missing like hiker. hiker. Yeah. Lois Einhorn took the name and all that kind of stuff. And then when a starts putting this shit together, it's like the movie doesn't have to be complicated. It's like, He's wanting to fuck over the Dolphins before they get to the Super Bowl. So he was like, what I'm going to do. The thing that pissed them off was the fact that they taught the Dolphin how to kick field goals with his flipper, you know, with his back flippers. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you know, uh, uh, because he could like flip over in his tank and hit it with his with his flipper and knock it through the goal. And he was like, oh, so you guys are trying to replace me with a fucking Dolphin. Okay, well, I'm going to steal the Dolphin. And I'm gonna I'm gonna basically create a bunch of uh, problems and issues, you know, with the dolphins. It's like because they've already established that the guy was at an insane asylum, right? He was in like a mental institution, mm-hmm. um, so he's not like the most stable person, right? So if you go by that token, it's like Finkel is supposed to be like unhinged and crazy. That's why he thought the idea of stealing the dolphin, and then his ultimate goal is to basically kill Dan Marino, right? Which I think it's kind of funny because it's like when when Ace goes to like Finkel's family, and she was like, "Oh, I let me show you Ray's room. I left it just how it was when he left." Yeah. And then he walks in there, and uh, it's like die Dan die, and it has like he has like arrows going through him. He has like a knife stuck in a dolphin's helmet. He's got like all this shit, and Ace is just like, "Oh wow, <laughs> obsessed much." <laughs> And when yeah. even when he was in the institution, he was like knitting. He was like crocheting things. Like it was, they were Dan. like they were like drink coasters that said "Die Dan" on it. And he put like laces out on everything. He went into like his journal, and it's just like laces out, laces out, laces out, and all that kind of stuff. So it's like you know, and people are like, well, you know, why did they make Einhorn or you know, if Finkel is Einhorn, Einhorn is Finkel. Why did they, you know, make them, you know, like crazy at the end of the movie? It's like he's been crazy the whole movie. He's just had to keep it controlled as low as because yeah. he's running the, the Miami PD or he's the captain of the PD or she is basically. So it, but the thing is, like, this isn't a super complicated movie. Right. I mean, basically, it's him trying to figure out, OK, which one of the Dolphins uh, from the 84 team kidnap the dolphin and then when he figures out that finkel has this like obsession with dan marino he's like oh fuck finkel's probably gonna try to kill dan marino because he's been trying he's been thinking about doing it for a long ass time apparently for like nearly 10 years he's been obsessed with this like killing dan marino for ruining (laughs) his field goal kick in the super bowl you know and uh finkel was actually based on a real person I was going to ask that because I was like, is this dude based on a real kicker or they just kind of make him up from scratch? Okay, so uh, the plot of Ray Finkel missing the game-winning field goal in the Super Bowl is loosely based on kicker Scott Norwood. Norwood from the Bills. From the Bills. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, Now it makes sense. Yeah, in Super Bowl 25, um, which occurred three years prior to this film. uh, Yeah. Yeah, he missed the game-winning field goal against the Giants. It's against the yeah, it's against the Giants or whatever to take him to the Super Bowl, and uh, it's kind of funny because 22 years later, uh, Minnesota Vikings kicker 
uh, Blair Walsh missed a game-winning field goal in a playoff game against Seattle in the laces-out manner. Yeah. <laughs> so Blair Walsh, they lost to Seattle because of the holder had the laces in and he missed the field goal. <laughs> right. It's supposed to be laces out. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's like if you ever have like a you have a special teams coach, it's like, okay, so if the snap comes in and it's laces in, we're going to fuck up and then our kicker's going to want to kill our quarterback. So don't do that. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do that. I can imagine. Seen Ace Ventura. Yeah, I can imagine Jim Fassel being in like the uh, uh, <laughs> in like the tape room and it's like, are we covering kickoffs today? Yeah, we're going to do that. But first off, I'm going to show you guys part of Ace Ventura. Why? So you understand the importance of laces, laces out. <laughs> yeah. Do not put the laces in or our kicker will try to kill our quarterback. Like at the end of the movie, she – uh, he's like the la- the laces were in or whatever. Dan Marino's like, no, you no. weren't. <laughs> you just fucked up. That's the that's the part of he was like, no, 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 I held the ball right. You just fucked up. You the just kick. fucked up the kick and blamed it on me. <laughs> that's the thing that's really interesting about that is that like he's imagined this whole thing in his head that yeah. Dan put the ball backwards on the place kick for the field goal. And so Finkel thinks like, oh, he fucked me over. He fucked me over. And then you get confirmation kind of at the end of the movie whenever Dan's just like, no. Yeah. You know, because she's like, laces were in. And he's like, no, they weren't. Yeah. Oh, man. But, you know. Oh, she's just just 100% insane. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he eventually became a she, and then she definitely went crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially when she has that fight with Ace, you know, and the on the pier, you know, yeah, at she kind of kicks the shit out of Ace. She kind of kicks the shit out of Ace there for a little bit, yeah. Uh, even like she doesn't she even like knock him through like a table or something, or no, the, it, she the, takes the wooden crate and just yeah, she smashes him over smashes the head, him over the head with the yeah. wooden crate. The um the table was when he was doing the arm wrestling and he was trying to find one of those guys and he went up to arm wrestle him and he like checked the ring out and he was like, ah, shit, I'm going to blues. And he just like tried to pull him over with like both. And yeah, the guy like, like flung him <laughs> into the like fucking like 10 feet away into a table. And he was like, Oh, fucked up. <laughs> That's one thing about Jim Carrey is he's like great at that slapstick yeah, yeah, type yeah. stuff. Yeah. One of the best. Yes. Up there with like Robin Williams and you know, guys like uh, Chris Farley John Belushi, like great yeah. slapstick comedy guys. Jim Belushi. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have the wrong Belushi there. Even Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean, Mr. because Bean he doesn't talk. He has to be a physical comic. Yeah. He doesn't talk. I mean, his, his whole like TV show that he had in England that was like the Mr. Bean show was that like he doesn't talk. He's entirely physical comedy. It's not, not everybody can do that, you know, to be funny using just your body and just the circumstances. Bill you know, Murray. Bill Murray could definitely do that. Yeah. But, uh, but we'll go ahead and take a break here. And then when we come back, we'll, we'll cover some more stuff. We'll cover specifically Jim Carrey next because people fucking hate Jim Carrey in this movie. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So we'll have plenty of shit to talk about. Right. All right. Oh, we know it. 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 Oh,
course, that was the song that was playing while he was banging Courtney Cox. Right, yeah. Shouldn't we all be so lucky? That's yeah. one of the things about this movie, too, is that, like, you know, like when you're a kid, you don't maybe entirely understand what's going on, but you got to get maybe the idea. Uh, but like when you go back and you watch this and like the first one, when he, uh, when he's, because the intro of this movie is him basically trying to get back that, that, uh, that, that Shih Tzu from that crazy dude with the mustache and he brings it back to that lady. And then, you know, she is, she is like well put together. She is like big boobs, <laughs> yeah, yeah. good body. And you know, she's like the '90s Sofia Vergara. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, she was like, uh, you know, how can I repay you or whatever? And he, what did he say? He was like, uh, cash or check would be nice. And she was like, you know, what if I take your pants off? And he was like, gee, let me think. Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know what the fuck kind of blowjob he was getting, but he's like, whoa, whoa. He's like swinging from like yeah. the top of the, <laughs> from the top of the, the archway in the door. It's like, holy shit. What is she doing? Yeah. He was. Yeah. He, he bangs a lot of shits. Yeah. And it's like for a dude who's like broke his shit and basically just, you know, does cases involving animals. He actually does get a good bit of, uh, you know, a good bit of action. Uh, I, I, it's, I guess it's because of like, you know, he has this, like, you know, people are just like naturally kind of drawn to him because of how his personality is because he's Jim Carrey. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, pet detective, <laughs> pet dick. Um, Jim Carrey, uh, Jim Carrey also is one of those people that you just think like, um, he would actually be something like that if he wasn't an actor because he does love animals. Yeah. So doesn't he cool. like in, in PETA too? I don't know if he's in PETA or he's, I thought he was in one of those like animal but groups. I think he does donate a lot of stuff to uh, like uh, non kill shelters and stuff like, like rescue that. shelters yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Which you should, if you guys like animals donate to non kill shelters that way animals without homes don't have to die. Right. Do that. You know, that's just a good thing to do if you like animals. Right. If you have the money to do that, you know. Right. But uh, since we're talking about Jim Carrey, uh, he's one of the reasons people some some people hated this movie. <laughs> so, which I was expecting because I'm like, oh, because okay. Jim Carrey, I think, is going to be a little bit polarizing. But I'll go into the comments. So, well, he's a love hate type of actor. Yeah, he's going to be polarizing. He definitely is. Yeah, it's kind of um, like Robin Williams. You either loved him or you hated him. Yeah, because to me, the, the closest kind of comedian to like a Robin Williams type would be Carrie because, you know, of the facial expressions, you know, doing the uh, accents and the voices, the physical comedy. You know, yeah. Robin Williams was doing that shit before Jim Carrey. The, multi, the multi-talented guys. Multi-dimensional, yeah, because yeah. you know, like uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, yeah. um, you know, those guys just – you could almost put them in literally anything. Yeah. And then Farley and Spade. Yeah. You, you don't really Mike have, Myers. Yeah. Dana Mike Carvey. Myers, definitely. Mike Myers. Definitely. Definitely because, Mike Myers. Like I, some of those other people we named, it's like they can do some stuff, but the people that can do all the stuff, Mike Myers is definitely in the, the, the thing with Robin Williams and Jim, Jim Carrey and Eddie Murphy. Right. Because like you're just talking about anything, somebody that can just do anything. Mike Myers yeah. is one of them. Slapstick comedy, voices, <laughs> impressions. Yeah. You know, everything. And, you know, and that's the, the, cause I think the mark of like a truly great comedian is 
how like quotable you are and how somebody can maybe just say like one line and you immediately remember that as like, that was a Jim Carrey line. That was a Mike Myers line, you know, because all you have to do, you can even just say like, awesome. awesome. And you know, that's so immediately, Chris you know, that you can immediately be like, okay, that is definitely Chris Farley. We always do that uh, line is like, cool. I can put my be- uh, sodas in here. Yeah. You can, I could put like a six pack of beer. I mean, sodas in here. And he's like, <laughs> whatever, whatever you want. It's you your want. office. <laughs> <laughs> He's but, acting like he can't drink beer around his dad. Uh, right. It's like your dad owns the company. You can drink some beer up in I'm here. I'm pretty sure you probably could just open up like a like a Bud Light like while you're on shift or something. But um, yeah. But your dad will only be mad at you if you just don't offer him one. Right. Because his dad was cool as hell. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, because all the eventually off the repost the Tommy Boy episode back on uh, on anchor because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's you know if we're uh especially this month if we're doing 90s movies we have some 90s movies we've already done yeah so i could repost some of those on there and we can you know we or take we a could trip possibly redo some of them yeah maybe we have the, a new, we've had a new format for uh about four months now so. yeah for a while so yeah, yeah so maybe we'll just redo it is that no it's been longer than that because we did i was just guesstimating we started anchor like in um august so it's been a little while okay subscribe to anchor uh download it on your phone spotify itunes yeah <laughs> i got all that google podcast we got all this shit everywhere um listen to us on all of them just listen to one episode like in every platform right <laughs> just because because we're broken we need that revenue money <laughs> Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Yes. Because that puts our podcast at the top. Yes. Right up there with the Joe Rogan anus experience. (laughs) And all the true crime stuff. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Which is basically just like true crime stuff. Right. It's like the top 20 podcasts, all true crime. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so getting back to Jim Carrey. So it says uh, it boggles my mind that Jim Carrey is one of the highest paid actors out there. Uh, now, when this was written, this was written in like 2000. So 2000. This is actually like kind of an older one. I remember this one was from like either 2000 or 2001, but old. So at this point, Jim Carrey still was one of the most high paid actors. Um, this movie and the one he appeared in following it are unbelievably awful, which I think he means Dumb and Dumber. I think that's what he means, because then Dumb and Dumber follow this, or was Math did Mask follow this one? Like I don't in know the order. Chronology, okay, it but could, you know, like could have been both. Yeah. Uh, but it says I, I'm a huge fan of movies that have a lot of absurd humor, like the Naked Gun movies and Airplane, but this movie has none of the qualities of the aforementioned films. These uh, f- uh, films utilize slapstick slash absurdist humor as opposed to Carrie's running gag of distorted faces and talking out of his ass, literally. Even if you like Jim Carrey's style of humor, wouldn't it get old after 30 minutes or so? Who wants to watch a picture of a lunatic man of a lunatic man longer than 10 minutes? I like Jim Carrey, and I think he's a funny person, and I love his old stand-up routines, but his early movies like this and Mask were just too cheesy for me. Jim Carrey acts like an absolute idiot the entire movie and is very irritating to watch. I can't believe this movie got a sequel. That says a lot about society, and and that fact scares me. This movie and its sequel pander to the lowest common denominator, and that's a problem. There should be higher standards 
for what movies get the for which for which movies green get the green light in Hollywood than this. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Um. So th- this person's like, okay, because Ace Ventura was a big hit and it did enough money that they went back and did a second one. That society is fucked now. <laughs> Well, okay. So, <laughs> so that's a big leap. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you you think this guy would have rather Judd Nelson played Ace Ventura? I don't know. I think... Or what about Alan Rickman? Alan Rickman? Because that almost happened. Alan Rickman as Ace Ventura? And Judd Nelson. Wow. I don't know. Judd Nelson... I don't know, because when I think of Judd Nelson, I think of him in, like, Breakfast Club. and This would have been a completely different movie, other, you know, any other way. And Alan Rickman does have some good comedy, but he's not a comedic genius like Jim Carrey. No, he did, he, I, Rickman can be funny. He definitely can be funny. Yeah. But he's not, like, Ace Ventura, like, a fucking cartoon character. Or, like, he can't do, like, the Robin Williams, Jim Carrey style, because that's not who he is. He's not a high-energy type of guy. You know, because, I mean, Rickman Rickman did, like, you know, like, drama movies and stuff like that. He wasn't known as a comedic actor. He could he do comedy. He was funny in Dogma. He was really funny in Dogma when he needed to be funny. But, you right. know, he did a lot of, like, dr- you know, drama type stuff. That it's was mainly, mainly that. It's like, it would have been like, this is a comedy movie. But they shouldn't have got Jim Carrey. They should have got Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> it's like what they should have got DiCaprio it's like DiCaprio was like 14 yeah. <laughs> and he's came not out. funny he's right. not a it's, funny no. guy <laughs> I mean he probably can I mean DiCaprio could probably do whatever he wanted yeah he's just he just doesn't do comedy he just doesn't really do Which comedy I would love to see DiCaprio just do a comedy that would be pretty cool I w- I, that would be awesome just to see DiCaprio just do a comedy yeah cause he always does like you know like serious movies action stuff sometimes yeah, so not every movie you do Leo you should be like nominated for an Oscar you can just you can do other stuff right yeah I think that's where a lot of Oscar winners messed up they start they start do, doing something different than what they've been doing to lead them to the Oscar after they win it. And then they're just like, oh, I can only do these type of movies. I think that's where Halle Berry messed up because she was just started being too selective of her movies instead of just doing stuff that she thought would be fun like she was originally. Right. That's how she won an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, because who would have thought she won an Oscar for, like, Monster's Ball? Yeah. You know, it's like – but, you know, it, it's like – because there's, you know, because we we probably are are gonna in our lifetime we're probably never gonna see Keanu get a, like an award for like acting really like yeah. he's probably never gonna win like an Academy Award people don't like Keanu that much it's a shame which is a shame because I think if he should win it for anything he should probably win it for one of these John Wick movies who knows he might be up for it maybe for John Wick three he because might gets nominated for John Wick three I'll be so happy. I'd be happy for him because he, he's been everybody shits on Keanu and yeah. he never wins any awards. We don't Keanu. We got your back. Yeah. We've covered your plenty of your movies and we still have stuff of his that we could do. We'll fight a motherfucker over you, Keanu. Right. But the, you know, I think the thing with when it comes to like Jim Carrey, like early on in his career, he wanted to make us so big as a comedian. And then he was huge as a comedian and then eventually he was like, well, I can do more than just comedy. I know I could do more than that. And that's why he started doing like Truman Show and like the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and like stuff like that that's, you know, taken more seriously. 
number 23. We talked about that. That is dark as shit. Well, it's kind of crazy, like, how we compare Jim Carrey to Robin Williams also. Because, you know, Robin Williams, like, his movie, you know, his his first foray into, like, movies was, like, Goodwill Hunting. And right. that was a serious role, like, right off the bat. A bunch of comedies. Then he did Patch Adams, which was, like, a comedy drama. Dramedy. Because it was funny. Yeah. But then it's dark and you know because it's based like, off a real guy. Yeah, I mean these are like you know these are those are like cancer kids. Yeah, a lot right? of cancer yeah. kids, and you know he's you know he's helping everybody, and then you know his wife goes to help that one uh, patient or whatever, and he ends up killing uh, killing her and himself. Yeah, uh, and that that's some shit that really happened. But the thing is, is that like. Especially with like somebody like Robin Williams, though, but he was also the genie in Aladdin, and yeah. the genie in Aladdin is like, it's one of those characters that like it's so over the top and ridiculous. Like I don't know how they're gonna do that character with the Will Smith version, because in the Aladdin cartoon, if he was talking about something, he could just like manifest it because you could just draw it like that. We're gonna have to CG the shit out of everything that Will Smith does in that live action genie. Because you're trying to go up against Robin Williams. It's like some of these live action things, it, they're going to be very difficult to try and translate from a cartoon, you know, into a live action. To me, Aladdin being somebody, one of the toughest. You got to get somebody with a little bit more energy to me than Will Smith yeah. to, to do what Robin Williams He's going to try to make it too smooth and the genie's not smooth. The genie not. is like fucking crazy. Because he's all over the place. If you watch the and original... And he's also depressed. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> he lives in a fucking lamp for like thousands of years. And then at one point in the movie, he's a slave. Right. Yeah. So how's that going to feel when Will Smith is a slave in this movie? Are they just going to They're going to try to cut that out. They're like, we can't show him being a slave. It's like, oh, but when he was a cartoon, you were totally cool doing that. Yeah, the genie can be a slave because he's just a fucking genie. It's like, but now but that now you have... now you have a black dude playing it and he's <laughs> going to have to be Jafar's slave. In the movie? Yeah. Figure that shit out. I'm just saying, you gotta get somebody with a little bit more energy. And uh but one thing I will defend Will Smith on, not the genie thing, but the thing where he was casted as like uh the William sister's dad or whatever in the movie about them, I guess. Uh and then he got attacked because they said he wasn't black enough. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ. That's some crazy colorism right there, man. Yeah, it's like, does it matter? It's I like, mean, uh, I know you can't cast a white dude, but you can definitely cast Will Smith. He is black. Right, yeah. So it doesn't be like, no, you gotta, you know, you gotta cast uh, Digimon or whatever. Jaiman <laughs> Hansu. Jaiman Hansu. Yeah. If you guys listen to our show, you know. You know, we, we call him Digimon. Uh, uh, Digimon Jaiman Hansu or something like that. It's like, yeah, I mean. He he is blacker, but I mean, yeah. It's like we're gonna, it's like we're gonna, we're gonna cast Idris Elba. Yeah, it's like That's okay, what Idris. People were saying it should have been Idris Elba. It's like Idris Elba might not even want it that role. Yeah, you can, uh, you're just saying he, you're just he, talking he, out of your ass. Yeah, or he, he like Ace Ventura. <laughs> right, like Ace Ventura, it all comes back. It all comes back to Ace Ventura. Um, and if, look, if Ace Ventura was in the MCU, he'd kill Thanos because he killed half of his pets. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he'd be um, pissed. You know, John Wick's dog probably got destroyed by the snap. It's He's like fucked. The, That's what's going to happen in Endgame. Like, John Wick and Ace Ventura is going to show up and just fucking destroy him. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Mike Tyson, because his tiger probably got killed during the snap. 
I know, I know you. I know you killed my tiger, you motherfucker. I'm gonna come after you. I'm gonna come after you. I'm gonna eat your children. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna eat all your children, Thanos. Okay, I'm gonna eat all of them. I'm gonna devour the soul. <laughs> it's like whoa. <laughs> that would be cool if they did. They did a little self-aware joke as like an end credit thing or like a something they put on the DVD just to have Keanu come in and just do the like the little John Wick spoof because everybody's been talking about it. Right. It's like a meme. It'd be cool if they're like, hey, Keanu, would you come in for a little bit and let's uh, just do like a little Easter this? egg for the Blu-ray. Because he's already going to be in like Toy Story doing something. Everybody was like, I think he's going to yeah. be John Wick. And I'm like, John Wick? No, he's not going to be John Wick like an action figure. <laughs> he's going to be called like, what's his name? Like Cade Kaboom or something. Cade Kaboom. He's going to he's gonna be like a daredevil, like an evil Knievel type of dude. That He's going to be like an action figure that's like. He has, if as far as I remember, he's supposed to have like a like a like a dirt bike, and that's cool. he's like an evil Knievel type of toy, um, like cool a daredevil. That they got Keanu Reeves in toys yeah, that they got Keanu to do the voice for that. Love it. I think it's, I think that's supposed to be his name. It's like something Kaboom is supposed to be his name, but Love yeah, it. but that would be some crazy shit if it's like you know you have like Thanos does the the snap, and then you see John Wick like go back to his house or whatever, and his fucking dog just like turns to ash, and he yeah. was like. That's why, you know, they have that meme where, like, he's, like, cocking his gun back. Like, yeah. I'm going to go kill a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he finds you know? Thor and he's like, where's the person that did this to my dog? And you see, like, Thor's like, I'll take you to him. I'll take you to him. <laughs> you want revenge too, huh? It's like, oh, I'm going to get more than revenge. <laughs> I'm going to erase this dude from existence. That's what I'm trying to do. So we're friends now. Yeah. Does that mean we're best friends? <laughs> Do you want to go kill Thanos in the garage? Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you want to go kill Thanos in the garage? Do we just become best friends? And then you see Thor and uh, John Wick just they, they put they try to like uh, tack their beds together like bunk beds. <laughs> also, it would be great just to see Keanu and Chris Hemsworth in a movie together. Yeah, that would be pretty that cool. Would just be great. Um, but I think going back to like Jim Carrey, where like this person was talking about, like okay, I like the Naked Gun movies. And I like airplane and like, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, what's the difference between like anything that Leslie Nielsen does and Jim Carrey? Because the difference with Jim Carrey is that he always does like, you know, the wacky facial expressions because he can. He does the wacky voices because he can. That's part of his talent. If you watched anything from In Living Color, that's, I mean, like some of the characters that he made like famous and like Fire Marshal Bill. Like it takes a lot of work to make that character actually feel real, you know, and it's that's one of his things. He's very good at facial expressions. He's very good with voices, and he's very good at like creating catchphrases and making stuff memorable. Like the whole thing about like talking through your ass cheeks. We've mentioned that like four or five times now, right. because it's that memorable. Like him talking out of his ass because he comes up with shit that you just don't normally see in movies. In living color. Yeah, um, and. Let's not forget, like on In Living Color, just to kind of go over that just for like a second. When he was on In Living Color, he was the only white dude on that show. And then he had the other lady. I can't remember her name now because her name doesn't stick in my head immediately. But there was two white people casted on that show. It was Carrie and the other lady. Ooh, I forget her name. Sorry, whoever that lady is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not remembering right now. Um, not Your Father's Mountain Ale is you know, starting to make me uh, get affected <laughs> by now. But so on in living color, he's the only white dude on that show because the entire rest of the cast was black because it was all the Wayans, you know, it was, you know, Keenan Ivory, Damon, 
uh, like Marlon Wayans was like the DJ on that show, right? Wasn't Marlon the DJ? Uh, no, it was, it was uh, the Sean. Sean. Sean was the DJ, yeah. Marlon was It was actually, SW1, yeah, SW1. Yeah, that was Sean. Marlon was actually on the show. Marlon, yeah, yeah, Marlon was on the show. Marlon was on the show. Sean, Sean was just the DJ. He was just the DJ, okay. I and think then, they let him be on the show in season four, though. I yeah, as, Sean, a, as yeah, a cast member. As a cast member. And then, because this is the cast um, of In Living Color. These are the people that had, you know, major skit roles on it. It was Jim Carrey, who was uh, kind of the lead. Uh, he was one of the lead him actors. And him and Damon were probably in the most sketches. Yeah. Yeah, and then Keenan Ivory, who's yeah. great at the show, and he's kind of like the head of the Wings family. He was David like David Allen Greer. Yeah, David Allen Greer is awesome. Jamie Foxx was on the show. Jamie Foxx, yes. Tommy Davidson was on the show. I always love Tommy Davidson, man. He was awesome. Kim Waynes, Marlon Waynes, Sean Waynes, uh, Kelly Cofield Park, um, uh, to uh, Takia Crystal. Yeah, she was good too. Takia um, Crystal. Kim Coles. Yes. Uh, Chris Rock did some in Living Color episodes. Yeah. Steve Park. Um, Anne Marie Johnson. And that's pretty much it. But I got it's pretty interesting uh, trivia. You know who one of the Fly Girls was? Uh oh, uh, Lopez, Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. because she got her start as a Fly Girl on that show. Yeah. And when you go back and you watch it, you can tell you know that it's definitely her. If you can't tell by her, just her ass alone, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it's like we're talking about Jennifer Lopez. You got to mention the ass. Um, this is a very ass centric episode, whether we're talking out of asses or we're admiring asses. We've said ass a lot of times <laughs> in this episode. Explicit. Yes. Um, <laughs> which is basically all of our episodes are explicit. Yes. Yeah. Don't let any of your children listen to this. Yeah, definitely. And there's even probably some adults that probably aren't going to listen to this. They're not mature enough. They're not mature enough. <laughs> which brings me to my next point. Okay, get to it. <laughs> so that's a great segue. And Steve didn't even know he was setting up for the next comment. Um, some people feel like this is just too, too mature for its rating. Okay. It's rating is wrong. Some people think so. It says, uh, I see a movie like this as being a good idea for kids. Only they try to aim it at adults and make it PG 13, which kills the young kid audience from seeing it. And to me, they are the only ones who would get it and actually find it funny. You have to worry about how some producers market a movie. Ace Ventura Pet Detective is a case in point. It's about a detective who loves animals. He keeps all sorts of furry and feathered friends in his house, and there's nothing more family-friendly than a movie featuring you know, a bunch of animals. You can just see the little ones begging mom and dad to take them to the to the cinema to see this movie. Just to uh, hammer the point home, the main plot centers around a dolphin mascot for the, the Miami Dolphins being kidnapped, and there's nothing more heartbreaking to a family audience than a dolphin in peril. Uh, so with, with this, we got a setup and a plot that Walt Disney would have been proud of. And what did the producers do? They decided to inject lots of crude humor into it. I was going to write crude adult humor, but it's not even sophisticated enough to reach the standards of adult. There, if, are there any adults who think references to venereal, venereal diseases are funny? Will children get the jokes, uh, in the movie relating to the crying game? I should hope not. <laughs> well, one thing about it is this movie is rated PG-13, which means this movie is made for teenagers and adults. Right. 
So both of those people are mature en- mature enough to watch this movie. There's no uh, extreme violence in this movie. There's no nudity. Um, no. No, you actually don't see any nudity. You do see you see cleavage on that lady at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, there's uh, and you get to you know, see the window and stuff like that. But that's that's just teenage. Stuff, yeah, teenage and then stuff. um and then Sean Young is basically in her like bra and panties at the end of the movie, but she's not naked. She's not naked at all. No. So there's really, I mean this this rating's right because there's nothing in it that's bad. But I, I think the thing that people, like, when they were watching this, they're like, okay, so at the beginning of the movie, his reward for finding the, the, the Shih Tzu is he gets blown. <laughs> and then he also has, like, multiple periods of sex with, with Melissa in the movie, with Courtney Cox's character. But it's like, you don't actually see anything. You don't. The only time you see any nudity is when... He figures out that that Finkel is Einhorn, and yeah, he's you like, see his ass. you see like you see uh, 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 Jim, Jim Carrey's, Carrey's ass, ass cheeks while he's like getting into the shower, and he's like, oh god, and he's like trying to wash away because yeah. he realized that he kissed her, and he and was like, oh dude, shit, yeah. that's actually a man. Fuck, Einhorn's a man. Einhorn's a man. But what about good old Mr. Kanish? Yeah. <laughs> like pulls the skirt down, and they're like, oh come oh, on, nah. Ace. And, and then, then he Jan's was like, like hey. He's like, hey, Ace. hey, come here. And then he goes over there and he like kind of whispers to him and he was like, oh. <laughs> and then he like turns her around and he was like, <laughs> but what about these? And then everybody's like, oh. And then all the, all the dudes on the police force are like, Bleh! like yeah. throwing up into the pier. Um, they all kissed her. So they're all like trying to spit it out or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. that's how that works. I also like at the end of it. Because uh, Marino and Ace are like hanging out of his car because his window got all fucked up at the beginning of the movie. And he's like, hey, Ace, you got any more of that gum? And he was like, that's my business, damn it. <laughs> he was like, no. Right. Yeah. Because he realized that he also got kissed by her. Right, right, right. And he was like, you got any more of that gum? I need to get that taste out of my mouth. <laughs> but like, that's the thing about like this, this movie is that it does have like, it, it has like the sexual innuendo. And it has, like, just straight-up sex in the movie because he has sex with, you know, Melissa, like, three... T- he, she was, like, Jesus, three times? And he was, and he was like, like... He was like, I'm tired. I must tired. be tired. I must like, be tired. All right. Yeah, all right. Time for another go. And, and then she was like, like oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, you know, they, they bang, like, four times. So, you know, there's that. But then there's also, uh, you know, the, when he's at uh, Camp's mansion and he, he he's doing his Mission Impossible thing sneak around the you know around the uh, grounds to go figure out if he can find where snowflake is and he encounters the fucking shark that he's got in that tank in there instead and then he comes out and he was like do not go in there <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and then and then he like hits his pocket and his pocket like splashes Splash a bunch of water, water yeah. and those people are like ah um it's you know but it's like you know that's like your toilet humor type of stuff that like you know apparently the toilet's blowing up and all that kind of stuff but it's like if you'd see anything that he did on like in living color and you know if you know anything about jim carrey like you know his style of humor this is exactly the type of stuff that he's good at is like you know it's like the innuendo humor you know like all the sex stuff the toilet humor type of stuff you know, there's even like the, the joke in like the second movie where they're talking about like he was like, what is this? And he was like, you know, it's guano. And he was like, 
this is batshit, <laughs> you know, and like all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's like, oh yes, we make many things out of guano, and uh, that kind of stuff. When he's in Africa, it's like, <laughs> it's just crazy to me. Like people can see Jim Carrey like on the poster in '94, and then they're like, oh, okay, well I guess I'll watch this movie. It's a comedy, right? And it's like, yeah, Jim Carrey's a comedian. Okay, well maybe this will be funny. And they go watch it, and it has, like, the crude humor stuff in it. And then some people are watching this, and they're like, well, who's the demographic of this movie? Was this designed for, like, little kids because he's kind of a cartoon character? Or is it made for adults because he gets blown and he has a bunch of sex in the movie? And it's like, if you're sitting in the movie theater and you're trying to figure out what the target demographic is of this, you're not enjoying anything. I'll just give you a hint. Think who framed Roger Rabbit. You think they made that for kids even though it had cartoon characters in it? They did not. No. <laughs> I mean, and then you even have, you know, stuff like Space Jam where, like, there's, like, a girl bunny and there's all kinds of sexual innuendo stuff about Lola Bunny because Bugs is, like, in love with her. All the other cartoons are, like, in love with her. They did, like, they did some super sexual stuff with Lola yeah. Bunny in that movie. And it's, like, that's the reason why we have furries nowadays because people saw that. When they were like, you know, like write it about puberty age and it's like, okay, so, you know, it's like if you could bang a cartoon character, who would you bang? Like Jessica Rabbit, she was cool. It's like, no, I want a fucking actual rabbit. I want to fuck Lola Bunny. <laughs> like, you know, there's like a whole psychosis about that, about like people, like why they become furries and everything. But it's like you can watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and it's like it, it's a movie that has a bunch of cartoons in it. It's not really meant for kids. It's no. meant entirely for adults. Yeah, like kids absolutely. aren't meant to watch that movie. But it's like on this one, it says PG thirteen, and it says on the poster it's crude humor, sexual references. You know, I think it's like there's a little bit of alcohol in this movie. I think there's alcohol in this movie. At some point, like, uh, well, they mentioned like Pedector going out for drinks and stuff like that. So yeah. they mention alcohol, but they don't really, you know, uh, they don't really like show anybody drinking that much. It's, you know, like the humor is very specific, the, the kind of jokes they right, go right. for. But it's like if you don't know anything about Jim Carrey and then you go in this and you're like, well, who, what demographic was this for? You're not fucking watching the movie then. You're paying attention to something else. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you? When when you sit down and you watch a movie, do you automatically think like, was this meant for kids or was this meant for adults? No, that's. Uh, you don't think about shit like that. Well, that's not my job. My job's to watch the movie. Yeah. Uh, I want I want to watch a movie and I want to be entertained. My job's not to figure out what to rate the movie. Right. Other people have that job. Yeah, they're called critics. You know. Bunch of dicks. <laughs> right. Um, you know, when you're an adult, ratings don't even really matter anymore anyway. No. I mean, because how many, like, unrated movies have we watched? Yeah. Like, a lot. We've watched, like, a lot of unrated stuff, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. Like, anymore. anything Will Ferrell that's unrated has a ton of crude humor in it. Yeah. Pretty much anything that Denny McBride does is, like, unrated. Like, you can't really put a rating on it because it's, it's, like, way beyond R. Now, Denny McBride's definitely one of those guys that, you know, you could just see, like, uh, him being like, you know, telling his agent, you know, I'm thinking about doing a serious movie, and his agent just be like, Danny, I'm just going to be honest with you. You should not do that. Yeah, I'm going to – I'm gonna. I think that's, that's career suicide if you do that. <laughs> yeah. You're going to ruin your career. You cannot be serious. Yeah, yeah. No like, one's going to take you seriously at yeah. all, ever. Like, you have to do comedy because you're great at it. But 
serious, nobody's going to take you serious if you do a serious role. Right. Um, but it's like the whole idea that like the premise of this, if you just hear it sounded out, it sounds like it could be like one of those like Disney type movies that has like, you know, animals and stuff in it. And it's, you know, and it would be like geared more towards kids. And it's like, if you look at the rating for this, you can tell it's a PG 13 movie. It's not meant for little kids, even though it does have like animals and stuff in it. It's not like that type of movie. This isn't a Disney movie, you know. It has animals in it. It should be rated G. Right, yeah. That doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, it's like you can definitely have movies with stronger ratings that have animals. It's like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter, you know. Um so the we have uh let's see, we have one more yeah, one more uh one more thing. What we'll do, we'll take a break here and then when we come back, we'll go over the last bit. And then we'll wrap everything up. Okay. Okay. That the shredding guitar solo at the beginning of that—that that was pretty good. That is a good guitar solo. <laughs> you know, the especially like with these kind of earlier movies like that. You know, a lot of these movies had like you know rock stuff in their soundtrack. How epic would it have been if Steve Vai would have done the soundtrack for Ace Ventura? Would have been fucking amazing. <laughs> they need not but ask. Right. <laughs> Well, that's the other thing, too, is that, like, Steve Vai could literally do, like, you know, he could do, like, the soundtrack for, like, Free Willy, and it would be fucking amazing. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, the movie, eh, it's whatever. You like it or you don't. But that fucking soundtrack was done by Steve Vai. That was the shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, that's how you that's how you at least guarantee that your music is going to be good for a movie is if you hire There's Steve Vai. like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Steve Vai. It's like, uh, yeah, we're going to – um. You know, we're going to do a, a remake of Homeward Bound. And it's like, oh, okay, the movie about the dogs. And they're and it's the like cat. the two dogs yeah, and the yeah, cat. Yeah, and they're yeah. lost. And they're trying to get back home. It's like, who's doing the soundtrack for this? Yingvei Momstein? Holy fuck, are you serious? <laughs> It'll be like, holy shit, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, because you got to have like a guitar maestro to do, you know, some of these movies. I think you would, you would well, immediately you, you increase. You would hope that's what they would do, but, you know. Yeah. Nowadays they'd get like Maroon Five or some shit. Hans Zimmer, that hack, you know. Fucking garbage. <laughs> Fucking Hans Zimmer. What's that guy ever done besides you know produce some of the best soundtracks ever? Anyway. He's a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. That was slander. That was slander. <laughs> um. <laughs> Just to give y'all <laughs> an example of what you can get sued for. That yeah. Is an example That's an example of, of what you can get sued for, saying that Hans Zimmer was a Nazi sympathizer. That is a pure example. <laughs> But that's a joke. You know it's not. That is a joke. We love you, Hans Zimmer. Don't sue us. <laughs> You're amazing. You ain't going to get shit anyway. You ain't going to get anything anyway. We uh, have some uh, private stock Captain Morgan you might be able to sue us for. But we'll yeah. drink it before you get it. Yeah. We're going to drink all that <laughs> shit tomorrow, probably. 
Um, so the one thing that I that I noticed was like really weird about this movie is that. Okay, how do I how do I put this in, in like in in proper context? Okay, this movie takes place in uh, the, the movie was released in 1994. Right. So nowadays, the transgender movement, the gay movements, all of that stuff is way bigger now because back in '94 it was out there, but not as big as it is now. Right. So when you have somebody who is a uh, social justice, you know, sympathizer in you know, the modern 2000s that we're in now, because we're in 2019. Going back and watching... Yeah, so when you have a millennial that goes back and watches this movie, so this person uh, kind of simplified everything that I had seen from some other people that didn't like it. Uh, They said that, you know, they were told by some people, you know, that they should watch the Ace Ventura movie because... You know, this person was like, oh, I kind of like Jim Carrey, but I haven't seen a lot of his, you know, earlier stuff when he first started making movies. And they were like, well, watch Age of Ventura. It's cool. And this person watches it. And I don't know if this person is trans. They might be. But they have a totally different perspective of this movie. So it says, uh, I did laugh a few times, especially at the uh, mincing muscle man whom Carrey, for some reason, checks out while using the urinal, uh, followed by the eye roll. Now, I'll stop right there for a second because the reason he's doing that is because he wants that he wants that guy to react to him. And he's basically looking because he's trying to see if he can see if his ring has that extra stone in it or is missing a stone. Because that's the whole point of that part of the movie is he's going through the different, you know, Miami Dolphins players and he's looking at their rings to try and see if any of them are missing one of those amber stones. And that might lead him to who stole Snowflake. So he's looking at that guy like I'm trying to see his ring. He's not trying to look at his dick. The guy in the urinal is like, oh, shit, he's trying to check me out. He's trying to look at my dick. And that guy is actually gay. So as soon as like, you know, Ace like zips up and leaves, this guy is like, you know, kind of like following him like, hey, I'm going to go talk to this dude. Yeah, he was interested in me. He was trying to check me out, (laughs) you know. So if if you don't understand the context of it, then you weren't even fucking paying attention Right. He's not just looking at some guy because he wants to see the guy's dick. I mean, literally at the you know towards the back end of the movie, he's literally showering while like screaming because he kissed a man. He realized he kissed a man, right? Right, right. So he wouldn't be checking out some dude's cock like, "Hey, man, nice cock," you know? <laughs> like he's not gonna be doing that at a urinal. Come on, uh, he, he he's clearly not a gay man in the movie. So, <laughs> but anyway. It says, but I have to say, these films do not hold up with the exception of a few sequences taken out of context. As the world has progressed over the 20 years since 1994, or more than 20 years past 94, this movie has become a prime example of transphobia in Hollywood and media in general. The pinnacle of the story is the complete and utter ridicule of a transgender woman where she is stripped of all her self-worth and dignity. The scene where Ace rolls over in disgust when he realized he kissed a transgender woman is not only deeply rooted in homophobia, but represents a reaction towards trans people that the real world far too often results in murder or in the real world far often results in murder. Society in 94 might be excused for being ignorant about these issues, but as the world progresses, the deep bigotry weaved into the plot of this movie should be recognized for what it is. Now, (laughs) I think the thing is, is that 
if you're going to say like, okay, this is very transphobic and it's very against like transgender people. It's like, the thing is, is if you're making a movie where you have a character who is completely straight, like Ace is, he has sex several times in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not homophobic. He just isn't gay. Exactly. So He doesn't do anything gay, in the movie that makes you think that he doesn't like gay people. Well, it's actually kind of funny because I actually have an answer to the, the guy that uh, said he was checking out his dick or whatever. Um, um the references to uh, David Cope, uh, which was an actual NFL player, and he was uh, uh, the one of the first NFL players to come out as openly gay, and that's who that person was a reference to. Oh, okay. Because yeah. if I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he like an offensive lineman for the Niners back in the '90s or late uh, '80s? I forgot. We. we yeah, we, we had a couple uh, gay players on the 49ers. Uh, I think they were both offensive linemen. Yeah. I think this person, I think David Copay, was actually a Dolphin. Was he actually a Dolphin? Okay. I think he was actually a Dolphin. Because I remember that there were two uh, Niners players that came out as being gay after they retired and were out of the league. Um, and I would, like, I would like to know the examples of murder of a trans woman. That he is talking about. And that's the one of the things that is, it's, whenever you start talking about stuff like this, where you're like, oh, well, he's transphobic or whatever, he's homophobic because of the way that he reacted to the idea that he kissed Einhorn uh, and realizing that Einhorn was actually Ray Finkel and was actually a man and had, you know, went through some, you know, gender stuff and had converted himself into a woman, basically. The thing is, is that like your reaction to transgender people, if you are trans, I don't know if they are trans because they didn't specify that they were in the. They didn't even specify the example of somebody getting murdered. By yeah. And found out that they were trans. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there are people who have to endure violence because of that shit. We know that that exists. But if you're going to talk about something like this, try to come up with like a news article or like, yeah, hey, tell us an example. You know, like tell that us an one example. Guy in California or, or the one you know, girl in California or. Or something like give us a reference point. Just don't say it's like okay. So if I'm a murdered trans woman, am, am I gonna look up something where you know they got murdered for something unrelated, and that's what you're talking about? Or are they actually? Is, do you have an example of someone that just got murdered because they were trans? And it was like a hate crime. But they were like the thing about the thing about this is she uh, she is trans in the movie, but that's not the point. Her hiding her identity. She changed her uh, gender to hide her identity. Right. So she could murder somebody. Right. That's what you should really be focused on. It's not about if she's trans or not. She is an insane murderer. Right. That literally <laughs> broke out from a mental institution to go and try to kill Dan Marino. <laughs> yeah. So, so the point that she's a trans woman is just secondary. It's just part of a, a joke. You know, and those jokes still exist. I mean, straight people get joked on, gay people, you know, um, Channing Tatum. <laughs> we talk about Channing Tatum constantly. But well, the fucking thing. Fucking brain dead sex doll. <laughs> oh, God. Nah. But, uh, but my thing That's is. That's a joke. That's what <laughs> jokes are. You know, you can't get uptight of 
this they don't attack any you know trans or gay people in this movie they no don't, they don't do that at all in this movie they make some sly humor and it's not any worse than you know a, anything any comedian says ever well the thing is is that if it's like if you're a, a trans person you have a particular lens that you view the world you have to take ace for what he is he is a heterosexual he's a straight man and he is not going to He's not going to be the type of person that's going to realize that when he kissed Einhorn, he thought he was kissing a woman, right? Right. He didn't realize that that was actually a man. When he realizes that it was actually a man that he was kissing, that is not his sexual orientation, and thus it grosses him out. So yeah. you're saying that if if you're a trans person, if you're a gay person, then you can you should be able to do whatever you want to do and if people react negatively to you, then they're the problem. It's like no, your reaction to somebody is, is it's still it's, it's still you. Up to you. It's still you. So yeah, if you know, if you came up and did something like if you're a trans person and you came up and just kiss somebody you know on the face just because you do it or on the lips or something just because that's something you do when you party some people just might be like okay that's that was funny you know you know they might okay take it as a joke and they're like okay we're all drinking okay, we're, we're, having it, we're having fun okay fun. that's okay I, you know i know you know you're, i know you're they're not doing it to be malicious and, you know, yeah it's, it's okay you know i'm i'm not weirded out about that that was just kind of like party friendly stuff yeah but if you like go up to a certain person and you kiss someone they're like oh no you can't no do man that. like you I can't do that and then what are you going to react to it's like oh you must be homophobic it's like no i'm just i'm not cool with that i'm, that's th not, I'm not that way <laughs> that's something that's not comfortable to me right and you're opposing it on my comfort level mm -hmm. you can be whatever you want to be but i can too so yeah <laughs> you know straight people still are straight people some people are more comfortable with you know, uh, hanging on the boundaries of that, like you know, like uh, like Dak Shepard, um, uh, on Armchair Expert, the actor Dak Shepard. You know, yeah. he always he you know he's basic. He's a straight man, but like, you know, he said if it wasn't for his straightness, he would probably be gay. Uh, <laughs> like you know, like you said, you know, it's, it's nothing. Your sexual orientation isn't a choice. It's just who you are. Right. So, you know, but like, you know, he likes, you know, making fun of like, uh, or, or like sharing pictures of like Olympic athletes without jock straps, like running and stuff. He thinks that's hilarious. <laughs> just dick swinging. Their, where you see their, you know, in their thing, they don't wear the jock straps and you can just see their dicks moving and their <laughs> Like he literally talked about all the podcasts and I was laughing my ass off. And he was like, most people, they looked at my phone, they'd be like, oh. You're gay. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, I just think it's hilarious. I just think know? it's funny, yeah. It's funny, you know? <laughs> but, you know, that's the thing. It's like, um, uh, it's like, you know, back at my old job, you know, I I worked with uh, several gay people in my department because right. our, our department hired many gay dudes and also several fine. lesbians. And, and that's fine. None of them ever came up and kissed you on the mouth, though, no, did they? I no, no. And they'd be like, and if you were like, whoa, dude, don't kiss me on the mouth, they'd be like, oh, you must be a homophobe. It's, it's like, like, no, no I'm a straight <laughs> man. I don't want to kiss another dude. <laughs> That is not my orientation. You that has an orientation should understand 
that there are certain boundaries that you, right. you know, that's like, that's why you have, you know, things like apps and stuff that you can get onto. Like there's, you know, there's that app grinder where it's like, if you're a gay right. dude and you're looking for another gay dude and you you both of you automatically know what's up, you can go on the app and be like, Oh, I think that dude looks cute. I'm going to, I'm going to hit him up and see if he wants to go get a drink, you know, meet up, whatever. You know, you have that for straight people. You know, everybody has a dating app. Like, you know, there's like a farmer app where like farmers can date and stuff. You know, there, you can find whatever you want to on the internet, basically. And the thing is, is that like... If you're I a was, xenomorph, there's right? an app for that. <laughs> yeah, if you're like, if you're from fucking aliens and you're a xenomorph <laughs> and you want to get down with another xenomorph... Yeah, they have xenomorph tender. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's called xenophobia. No. It's called xenophobia. <laughs> the fear of foreigners, especially giant aliens. Yeah, that want to <laughs> burst out of your chest and shit. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but the whole thing is that, like, you know, the fact that you have somebody who is basically a transgender as one of the main characters in this movie, and it's like, you know, Ace reacting like he does is like, oh, that's just disgusting because it makes it look like. You know, he like hates you know transgender people or, or gay people or whatever. One thing it's you're like, missing the point though. They actually had a transgender woman be a main character in a movie, right? In I 1994. Mean, <laughs> 1994. Dude, where dude, where's my car? Transgender woman. Right. I mean, so you see it, you know, in in Hollywood. It doesn't happen like all the time. Like now, you have more of that kind of stuff because of um, what is it, Laverne Cox from um, uh, Orange Is the New Black? You know. Uh, and stuff like that. I mean, AEW has a transgender person, you know, now wrestling Sunny Kiss. Sunny Kiss. So shout out to Sunny Kiss and AEW. Yeah, AEW but dubs. But that's the thing. It's like with the like the people that I like the guys that I worked with at my old job, right? Like most, like a lot of the guys that I worked with, they were gay. <laughs> so you had get into really fun conversations and it's like, it's weird seeing how everything works through the gay perspective, through the gay lens of the world. And I would make a joke about like, you know, I let's say I made like a joke about like a woman squirting or something. Right. Because like, that's the kind of shit we talk about when we're bored and there's no customers. So women squirting, <laughs> yeah, women squirting. I would make a joke about that, and then uh, you know the so one you're guy, like Tevin from uh, "I Love You, Man." <laughs> right, dude, I'm gonna send you a video. Right, no, I, I don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a granny rider. Right, <laughs> it's a granny on a Sibian machine. It's like, don't send me that shit. I don't oh, want that. Oh, she's a squirter. Oh, she's, she's a, a squirter. squirter, and he's just like, oh my god. Right. <laughs> So I would make a joke like that and then they would and then uh Brandon would be like, "Oh, what are you talking about? You know, are you talking about like fish again?" And I was like, "Yes, I'm talking about fish again." Cuz that's like his like slang term for like talking about vagina. Very, be talking very about fish. clever. Not Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like but from his perspective, he's a, a fully out like gay man. So he doesn't understand like vagina jokes and squirting jokes and stuff like that like I do as a straight man. But it's like you can't say that like because of somebody's reaction to something like that, that they're in the wrong. That's just, that goes against their orientation. You have some women that are super flirty and they will kiss other women and not think anything about it. You have some women that can go over and kiss another woman and they get offended. They're like, don't touch me. I am not like that. You know, same thing with dudes. Some dudes might be a little bit more fluid about that. Like Dak Shepard, he yeah. might be more willing to see you bounce your dick up and down. Right. Another other dude dudes would be like, I don't want to see that, that shit, don't man. See don't show that. me your dick. I don't want to see that. Yeah. So the whole thing you know, is that Dax like is married to one of the hottest women in the world and Kristen Bell. A, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen yeah, Bell. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, got a, 
beautiful kids and everything. And, you know, he's just, He's just like that. He's a his comfort levels higher than right. a lot of guys. You know, we we've, we've made jokes in the past about John Hamm being like one of the sexiest dudes yeah, ever. Yeah, we talk, we say it we, all the time. We, we always say, talk about somebody, some dude sexy on here. Yeah, because yeah. it doesn't bother us. You know, we we have a boundary, but that's not it. Yeah, <laughs> that's not it. Like if I had a dude that like ran up and just like started cupping my balls, okay, that's that's the line. Yeah, I'd be like, dude, you need to back. The we fuck need to back up. the fuck up, man. There are boundaries here. <laughs> yeah. But talking about like John Hamm being a sexy man, like you know, whatever. That's not, We're that's just, not, that's not a boundary. That's just you fact. <laughs> even you could come up and give me a compliment as a gay person. I'd be like, hey, thanks. You know, yeah. if I was gay, maybe, but I'm not. So yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like I like what you've been doing with your hair, man. It looks nice. It's like oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's like you want to go you know, suck off behind the gar- the garbage can. I was like, no, I'm not that way. But I appreciate the comment about yeah, the hair. Yeah, thanks about the hair. And <laughs> I, hey, I'm glad you're attracted to me, man. That's cool. But yeah, I, I'm not I'm not attracted to you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't hey, work but, both ways. But thanks, dude. That's cool. You know, yeah. I've been in I've been a uh, gay bars with my wife before and the friends and stuff like that. Yeah. It was just in there hanging out. We weren't, you know. Yeah, one of one of Steve's wife's friends is a lesbian. Yeah, we went in so. there with her a couple times, and it's just cool, cool hangout party. Yeah, no one usually, no one ever like crosses boundaries and just like walks up to you and kisses you or something. And like then that. if you have a reaction, then they're like, "Well, you must be homophobic or yeah, something." It's no like no one's ever no. done that. <laughs> they understand that straight people go into gay bars and hang out like just to party with cool people. Right, but that's you know? the thing about like a, a location like that is that it's a judgment free zone. It is. They don't judge people, so they they're not going to judge you. They're like, you have your orientation. So this person you know, is just looking for something because even to bitch about most normal gay people don't go to this links because you know we party with them before we we have friends like betsy's uh, you know yeah. she's she, she is a lesbian and she's cool yeah one of our like best friends and she's you know she's always of here like hanging out and drinking yeah and one of our best friends from high school dusty was a you know she was bi she was bisexual but yeah. she she wouldn't just like she wouldn't just walk up to somebody and just start trying to make out with them you know even if they weren't you know bi or lesbian or anything yeah yeah exactly so there's boundaries and there you know this is this is a comedy and they don't bash transgender women they they bash a psychotic murderer right yeah because (laughs) let's not lose the plot and what's happening here he is trying to murder dan marino because he thinks that dan marino ruined his career because they didn't change their gender because they were transgender they changed their gender so they could go under a different identity so they could murder Dan Marino. Yeah, and not so, be readmitted to the mental institution, you know, where they should be. Because Finkel is, you know, in the movie, he's psychotic. You look at his room, and he's, like, talking about, like, killing Dan Marino and all that kind of stuff. So, really, I don't even think you can call this person transgender, even though they have both. Because they're, I don't think their sexual orientation is transgender. I think they're just psychotic. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing I think about Finkel is that... Like, and that's the thing about Finkel is that he, in, during the movie, like, well, as he's Einhorn, right, he kisses, like, all kinds of different people. So it's like, is there something, they don't really touch on, like, is, is Ray Finkel, like, gay or whatever, but it's like. I think, I think just got a joy off doing that. Because yeah. Because she's uh, psychotic. You yeah. Know? Like, it's he's. To get in their head so they can trust, that's probably how they became a captain so quick. Right. With the flirtation, and yeah, all yeah, that kind of and stuff. using their looks to try and get yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, if you're going to say that, like, 
you know, Ace's this is a shallow person. This it, isn't Ace's reaction to a trans person is not what you should be focusing on. It's somebody trying to make themselves into a woman to try to hide their identity so they can fucking kill somebody. Yeah, you should be focused <laughs> more on the evil uh, that that person's doing and the justice that was brought towards the end of the movie. Yeah. So. I think your focus is the wrong place. I think you just, you know, social justice warrior, you just wanted something. You, your friends probably told you to watch the movie because they thought it was funny, and then you wanted to be the asshole that was like, well, it's really not that good of a movie anymore because the, they're, the topic of transgender, and they're probably like, okay, this dude. You're totally wrong. not understanding you're what not this movie's about. <laughs> movie and they're not bashing transgender people at all in this movie. No. Like, like the point is a psychotic murderer who changed – their sex so they could murder Dan Marino. Right. And we all know that the person who actually murdered Dan Marino was Joe Montana yes, in a did. Super Bowl. <laughs> you could call Joe Montana a serial killer. <laughs> because he killed a lot of careers. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes. I mean, you know. Killed a lot of I'm defenses. Just saying, you know, some people say Tom Brady's the greatest of all time, but Tom Brady never had to beat John Elway, Dan Marino, Boomer Esiason, and Ken Anderson in the Super Bowl. Right. And the best quarterback Tom Brady's ever taken on the Super Bowl beat him twice. Yes. So what, what's Tom Brady got? Jared Goff? Right. <laughs> Donovan McNabb? Yeah, Mark beat McNabb. Bulger? Jake Delholm? Jake Delholm? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> With these cupcake-ass rules in the NFL, please. You have to win 27 Super Bowls to equal those four in the 80s. Right. <laughs> um... You know, just bringing it all the way back to football, I, th- I think that, you know, it's it's kind of interesting how this this movie is based in Miami, and it's about the Dolphins. And it, I think that... could have just as easily been based in San Francisco. They could have put Joe Montana. They probably could have, but <laughs> Joe probably would... a little bit. <laughs> the thing is, with, I don't know, Joe probably would have been... He probably would have commanded a higher salary at that point. Then maybe Marino would have, yeah. Then maybe Marino was probably a lot cheaper. They're like, what's a team that we could use that would not be super expensive that has like a well-known quarterback that everybody would know? Dan and it's Marino like would have been the Dolphins and Marino. It's like yes, okay. Yeah, Marino and Montana in those periods of times was like the upper echelon. They were like yes, you know, like I guess it would have been like a few years ago when it was just like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Yeah, kind of, kind of like the two rivals of that yeah. generation. Yeah. So that, that that's kind of how you would compare that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dan Marino was fine in the movie to me. Like, I, I thought he had some funny stuff that he did. In it. Yeah. Um, you know, he was a he was a good character. I mean, Dan Marino is not a bad choice. You know, he has a good he has a pretty good personality. You yeah, know, he's not like, oh yeah, I fucking hated Dan Marino. It's, it's not like it would be like, you know, if they did it today, and it's like, yeah, we got Ben Roethlisberger in this movie. I was like, no, that dude's awful. <laughs> did he get accused of rape like four times? This dude should be in prison. And then he he married one of the women that came out against him. Yeah. So that's not yeah, suspicious. Yeah, that's not suspicious at all. Fucking Steelers fans. <laughs> he was acquitted. Yeah. And yeah. Michael Vick only spent two years in prison for murdering hundreds of dogs. Right, yeah. Justice but, uh, doesn't exist for the rich. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but since this movie is about animals, we'll leave it on a note of fuck Michael Vick. <laughs> yeah, fuck Michael Vick. That's where we was coming. But uh, I, I got a few uh, facts I'm just going to end on okay. real quick. So um, did you get the reference to St. Francis in this movie? You know, when he goes to see Woodstock. 
uh, his nickname is St. Francis. Woodstock's nickname for uh, uh, Ace is St. Francis. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like, well, hey, Woodstock. And he's like, St. Francis, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the reason for that is St. Francis is the patron saint of animals. Oh, okay. That makes sense for Ace. Yeah. yeah so that, and Woodstock that, is kind of like an old hippie that got into technology and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's their, where that their names from. fit each other. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty clever. Um, uh, Ace's line, man, I'm tired of being right, is uh, similar to Ian Ma- Malcolm's Jeff Goldblum's Jurassic Park. Boy, do I hate being right all the time. Right, yeah, uh, okay. Um, let's see. Um, America Film Institute of 2000, uh, 2000 list of 500 movies nominated for the top 100 funniest American films uh, was Ace Ventura was in there. Uh, top 100 funniest American movies ever made. What number did it take? Uh, Do you, did I think you... it was in the 20s. I didn't get the exact okay, number, so but it, it was up there. In the top, high. like, one-fourth, basically. Yeah, yeah. So the top quarter, at least. Um, the movie contains several Batman connections. Jim Carrey played Edward Nigma, the Riddler in Batman Forever. Sean Young was originally cast for Vicky Vell role in Batman in 1989. Oh, that really? Went to Kim Basinger and attempted to land uh, uh, Selena Kyle Catwoman role in Batman Returns. Uh, Sean Young did, but that went to Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, Bill Zuckert, who plays Ray Finkel's father in this movie, appeared in uh, the penultimate uh, episode of Batman in 1966. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so there's those. Some weird Batman overlap yeah. there, yeah. Um,. The giant hook Ace used to knock out the two Iron Men, uh, the uh, Einhorn's henchmen, was originally supposed to knock their heads off <laughs> and just kill them. Oh, God, that would have been brutal as fuck. <laughs> it would have went the whole person. movie without anybody like really getting killed for real and then just see like two heads get knocked off. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> the filmmakers decided to cut away and then have them survive. Yeah. Because they thought Ace just murdering two, decapitating two dudes just wouldn't really fit fit the film they no. made the right choice yeah uh, that that would have kind of ruined the ending because it yeah, been, like, been like damn he just murdered he just somebody. He, he just murdered two dudes <laughs> and the other thing uh the the original uh one of the thoughts for this movie uh the producers were considering making ace a female and naming uh the character alice and they were going to get Whoopi goldberg <laughs> oh really uh, to be alice ventura Atlas Ventura. Okay, uh, I'm. I'm. I'll say this. I'm glad that didn't happen. It did not, but it was because uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Whoopi is good. She's good in certain roles, but as as like an Ace Ventura type character, I don't see that. It is very promising that they did consider making this uh, this character female, though. That was a. I mean, that's interesting that they at least thought that a woman could could do a role like this, especially when you factor in like '94. You don't see a ton of women leading right. movies. I mean, this is we're in 2019, and you still don't see that a lot. Right. I, w- I mean, if they ever wanted to be like, hey, let's bring back uh, the Ventura stuff, and it's like, well, let's make Alice Ventura, and it's like, well, let's let the let's get Jim Carrey in here then, and we'll just have Alice be the daughter. It'll be his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just have Alice. Ventura. It's like him and Melissa actually had like a kid, you know, yeah. when they were like banging during the been first banging, movie, and then their kid is the new Ends pet up, detective. She takes over, over family business for her dad. Yeah. And uh, you know Hollywood, uh, you should do that. Um, and if that happens, we want ten percent. We want ten percent, and you should cast Kate McKinnon 
100% of the hours. Oh, yes. No, that would be great as, like, Ace's daughter. Oh, shit. That would be perfect. You have to do that, everyone. Now, you guys heard it here first. Yes. If that shit actually happens, we want we want our cut. Alice that was Winter, our idea. Kate McKinnon from SNL, because she's probably the best cast member on there right now, because she is our, in the past few years since she's been on there. She's been yeah. the most hilarious person on there. And um, Now that Faye and Polar aren't on there anymore. Yeah, so remember, <laughs> uh, like us, subscribe, listen to us on Spotify, we're on Anchor, uh, Google, iTunes, iTunes, everything, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. All righty then. Only 90s fucking people are going to know what the fuck this is. This isn't living color, bitches. This is where Jim Carrey started. Know your fucking history. In living color.